You might not have put two and two together or realize that this podcast, it's actually produced by a nonprofit, listener-supported Wyoming Public Media. We're just a little old station housed in a basement on the beautiful University of Wyoming campus. We aren't getting paid big bucks as a for-profit business. No siree, we're making this podcast not for money, but because everyone on our team believes in what we do, telling the missing stories of the real American West. But that means we rely on people like you. If you make sure to download every episode as soon as it comes out, or have been telling all your friends what a big Modern West fan you are, or would be seriously bummed if we disappeared from your feed, If all that describes you, I wonder if you'd take a quick minute to do something for me. Get into your browser and search for themodernwest.org and find the donate button. It doesn't matter how much you commit to, $5 or $100. It just matters that you show us that you want us to keep telling these stories. My recommendation? Pause this episode and do it real quick before you forget at themodernwest.org. Wyoming Public Media, this is the Modern West. Stories to match our scenery. I'm Melody Edwards. When women teach women, we're saving relationships one cast at a time. Because then you don't have to feel the frustration of learning and arguing. What's the best way to help women feel good about learning to hunt and fish? It's a really personal question for me. I've been wanting to learn both for a long time now. My dad hunted when I was a kid. I remember eating rabbit stew. And he's an avid fly fisherman, and I've wanted to go out with him. But somehow I never learned and didn't know how to start. Then recently, it seemed like I kept hearing lots of ladies talk about this urge. Women are the largest section of new hunters right now, and that's incredible. But hunting has a PR problem. We're declining because we're not relatable to the outside world, and we're really bad at talking about what we do. That's Jessie Johnson. She's what I'd call a kick-ass bow hunter. Trust me, I've seen her in action on the archery range. But she's also the founder of the National Wildlife Federation program, Artemis, named after the Greek goddess of the hunt. The aim of the program is to get more ladies preserving the ancient tradition of hunting and fishing. Her theory is they could be a huge help for that PR problem she mentioned. It's kind of scary to talk about, I really love this thing. You know, I love a deer, I love an elk, I love animals in this landscape, but I also hunt and kill them. It's a really difficult conversation to have, and the hunting culture has typically just sort of slammed that door in people's faces when they question it. On the grander scale, women tend to be a little more emotionally intelligent in how they tell a story. Um, So they don't start with, I went out and I killed a big deer. They're like, well, I just learned how to hunt 10 years ago, and oh my gosh, I did this, and I did this, and this is what happened, it was amazing. I cried. Like, they show remorse, they show the respect. Um, And I I think, not just hunting culture, but culture frowns on the emotional side of a man still, um, and so they haven't. And so women are a little freer to show that. 
But let me back up a step and tell you where I ran into Jessie. She was my archery teacher at an all-women's outdoor camp called Bow, or Becoming an Outdoor Woman. They have these in almost every state. I decide to apply in hopes of finally learning something I'd long been interested in. My one secret wish is to get enough fly fishing skills to go out with my dad. To get to the one in Wyoming, I had to drive miles of dirt road straight into an incredible view of the Wind River Range of central Wyoming. I watch for bighorn sheep on the cliffs driving in. A glacially sourced river runs out of those mountains, clear and deep right into Bo's camp. And it's on a ridge with a panorama of all that where I find a group of gals lined up pointing arrows at targets. These are shaped like deer, turkey, rabbits, even a stegosaurus. Jesse Johnson is walking around correcting people's form. Blonde hair pulled back in a short ponytail, jeans, t-shirt, nose piercing. She handles the bow like it's a dance partner. Okay, so the only thing I'm going to tell you is when you have it at full draw, feel these muscles start to pinch. So uh, come to your... Don't, you don't have to draw, just put your arms where you would if you would draw. Okay, now pinch my hands. Yeah, so that strength, that movement right there, is what's gonna do it. And then you let it, rather than just like, boom, I let it go, like that feeling, you just kind of let it. Pretty soon it's my turn to pick up the bow. I'm nervous. It's something I've never done before, not even in Girl Scouts. I'm worried I won't have the strength to stretch the bow or the artemisness to hit a target. Okay. And I put my fingers under it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And when you go to draw, yeah, feel into that. Tuck your face in a little closer. Yeah, there you go. And then I'm... So I would go bring this a little closer, uh, a little in, uh, excuse me, towards the bow. You have, you're a little overdrawn. There you go. I see. Okay. Yep. And just release when you're ready. I hit something. Yeah! <laughs> Under Jesse's tutelage, I start to find my inner Artemis. And I realize there's something about archery, just like getting perfectly still in mind and body and letting an arrow fly. Right there. Right That's there? beautiful. Okay. Yeah! Does it yeah, feel great? Yeah, <laughs> that feels great. It's what a feeling. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. Well, you got that. Three more arrows. Right, Keep right. I think there's something else that settles my nerves, too. Being surrounded by other women. For lack of a better way to put it, um, when it's one gender, there's no performing for the other gender. And so it alleviates some of the, I think, shyness, I think some of the embarrassment on asking questions that might feel like very new or, or naive questions, which there aren't any, ask away. And I also think that like when you start talking about women in the outdoors, there's a lot of subjects that are kind of hard to talk about with a man around. Like, let's talk about what it is to have a period in the backcountry. It sucks. Like, can we talk about it? But it's a lot weirder when it's a group of men around it. So there's places to ask these questions. It's a, you, I think, build a little more of a sisterhood. There's less competition. Without a doubt. I mean, that to me, that was a big appeal because it's so much less 
stressful. You can make a mistake. You can ask a stupid question. You know, I think women are just so much supportive. No, it's the group of three. 55 women. Yes. We're all here for the same reason. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think makes all the difference. Those were my fellow archery students, Linda Went from Wyoming and Jennifer Maine from Utah. They chat with me in the shade of an aspen grove out of the hot sun while we wait our turn to shoot. These women are a mixed bag, some with lots of outdoor experience. Others, like Wyomingite Jenny Wacker. I'm not terribly outdoorsy. Uh, we have a cabin up in Estes Park where I glamp. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I think I've slept outside maybe twice in my life. <laughs> a good friend talked her into this camp. Plus, she just likes trying new things. In fact, these 55 women were so gung-ho to be in the outdoors in a female-only community that it's kind of hard to get in. Jennifer came with her mom, Pam McMahon, all the way from Salt Lake City. My mom came about nine years ago, and after her first time, we applied every year. And then last year, we finally got in together, and then again this year together. Wow, so it's not easy to get in. It's, it's not. not. <laughs> it's so you're feeling pretty draw. lucky. Yeah. Oh, yes. Very. Yeah. It was yeah. like winning the lottery. <laughs> Archery was top on Jennifer's list of classes she wanted to take. I actually told my mom I know what I want for Christmas this year. <laughs> I think I need a bow. I have a, I have a seven-year-old who has interest in shooting a bow, and he's just started. And so it's just something that I think that I'm going to do with him. I was kind of thinking the same thing about teaching my own teenage daughters. I'm sure that's exactly what the organizers of this camp want to hear. If women like Jennifer and me start teaching our kids to hunt and fish, maybe the sporting tradition won't disappear after all. But talking to the other women around camp, I realize a lot of them are doing this for slightly different reasons than most men. More for economic self-sufficiency. Hunting means you can put healthy, organic, truly local meat on your family's table. Like my archery teacher, Jessie Johnson, she fills her freezer each year with meat she brings home from the hunt. And that's big for me, too. But I was a vegetarian for a decade and a half, so there's this niggly thing I had to ask Jessie. How she deals with taking the life of an animal. You'll never know if you're ready for it until you have a gun or a bow at the animal the split second before you shoot, and you will know. You have to get close. You have to know them. You have to understand their, like where they feed, what they eat, how the wind is blowing. You have to know the landscape. Um, and so when you get in there, it is a deeply personal and very intense moment. I have been full draw on a couple bears now, and uh, I've yet to shoot one because I haven't been able to. I don't shoot things I won't eat, so it's, you know, I'm in it for food. and. Um, for me, it's pretty sacred, and I would call it a melancholic joy. That phrase, it really sticks with me. Have I ever experienced melancholic joy, the kind that comes with taking the life of an animal meant to feed and nourish me? Talking to the other campers, a lot of us have holes in our outdoor education like that. My dad is kind of a famous bamboo rod builder and once owned an Orvis fly fishing store at the headwaters of the North Platte. But he never taught me. Jessie is a generation younger, but she has a similar story. I was an adult onset hunter, so I didn't grow up hunting. My dad hunted, I'd been around it, I'd eaten game meat, but just had never gone. And it wasn't, he would have taken me had I asked. I just, 
didn't go. And so uh, when I turned about 21, 22, I picked up a bow. And the time has come for me to pick up a fly rod. That's when we return. If you are liking what you're hearing, and actually, hey, even if you don't, we would love to hear about it. Take a moment right now to leave a rating or review on your podcast app. It'll help new listeners discover the modern West so that we can keep bringing you stories about the evolving identity of the American West. Hey, thanks, y'all. Today, I pick up a fly rod. I haven't done that since I was a little kid. My fly fishing teacher, Christy Carlson, leads me down into the underbrush to a swift-flowing stream. There's the whiff of willows and crushed mint down there. Carlson wears a ball cap with a long, blonde ponytail streaming through it. She's decked out in all the latest fly fishing gear because she owns the fly shop Pioneer Anglers in northern Wyoming. She peers at the water with a discerning eye, then points out at something. So where do you see these little bubbles? Yeah. Those little bubbles, the foam line? Uh Foam is home. So if you're ever wondering where should I fish and you like kind of get overwhelmed, look for those little foam bubbles. I start practicing my newly minted cast. So I want you to think of just moving, saying hello and goodbye. Hello, goodbye. Unlike hunting, the number of people fishing in the U.S. is staying steady. And a lot of that is thanks to women. Carlson says... That's a recent trend because when she was just learning... I had several horrible experiences as a lady angler going in with a small daughter and being completely ignored. Not everybody, but many shops. And I was like, I'm here to learn and I'm here to buy. When my parents ran the fly fishing store, I used to run the cash register. I don't remember a lot of women coming through our door either. Carlson says that when they do come in... Sometimes I've had uh, women come in, their husbands are making them, Mm. you know... And once they have somebody that understands, I was taught by, you know, a significant other, too. So you kind of have a, 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 a rebelness inside of you that's like, shut up and don't tell me what to do. <laughs> so, um, but between men and women, um, women engage in learning a little quicker than men. Um, sometimes men, um, I'm not trying to categorize mm, yeah. or anything, have a little bit more ego, especially, you know, Uh, being taught something that maybe is more of a male-dominant sport, you know, so that it is an equal thing because it's it's not, you know, a competition. All it is is everybody enjoying the beauty and peace that has been offered to us. The difference with women is we just have a good time, too. We can giggle and we can laugh and we can feel frustrated and we can vent and everyone can blow it off and then continue on and be done. The one thing we've always thought in general um, in other women groups is when women teach women, we're saving relationships one cast at a time because then you don't have to feel the frustration of learning and arguing and yeah, it but just I takes do some it. of that pressure off that relationship. You're, yes. You're, you're making it a little easier for them to learn. Yeah, and then you both can go out and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is all about. And you're together, and that's all that matters. I don't catch a fish, even though Christy is just sure there's one lurking under a shadowy bank. But I'm not disappointed. She made me feel confident I have the skills to catch one next time. 
We need 400 degrees. My last class just proves how central food is to hunting and fishing for women. Dutch oven cooking, preparing fancy dishes in cast iron over hot coals. I'm on a team making orange cranberry cornbread. Nearby, someone rolls out dough with a wine bottle to make cinnamon rolls. The bread is rising. Okay. Rising, yes. and then we'll yeah. and then you'll... roll it out with a wine bottle. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta kind of. use what you got. That's right, when you're in the woods. <laughs> yep. yeah. A feeling of camaraderie takes over as we all sit down to eat our feast. Lasagna, Cornish game hens, lava cake. We browned our chicken wings and made an apricot sauce with a variety of ingredients, including apricot jelly. Just made your curry. And some curry. Mm. Okay, perfect. There's little plates there and forks. Help yourselves. They're super saucy. They are super saucy. saucy. Just like they're Just like us. The next morning, I'm set to leave this place. There's still so much more to learn. I load up my car and start back up the long dirt road. In the rearview mirror, through the dust, that grand view of mountain and river. A few weeks later, I meet up with my dad at a creek we've both loved a long time near the Colorado-Wyoming line. Right off the bat, I face my first test, tying my fly. A hopper, I guess it's supposed to look like a grasshopper, on my line. Now... Do you remember or not? No. Round and round. Round and around. Right. And that you're going to go round and around. Is because I when I, um, the guy up in Montana, when your mother and I were hitchhiking through Yellowstone, <laughs> yeah. and he picked us up. Yeah. All my dad's lessons get sidetracked by stories from the past. Back in the 60s, when my parents were hippies, a French guy gave them a ride and apparently some fishing tips. And you just go back through the loop that is right by the eye of the hook. Pull the tag in through. Yep. Then I pull I pull on the end of the hook and the line, right? Okay, like Do that? Its thing. Yep. That looks pretty good. Yep. Oh, that yep. wasn't so bad. That's it's an really, easy like, knot. The knots, I was so worried. That was like the thing that was like keeping me from fishing, I felt like. It's the perfect time of day to catch fish. Just before sunset, we immediately see trout rising. That's a better fish there, uh-huh. is it? Did you yeah. see him? Yes, I saw him come all the way out of the water. How, how, how long was he? I would say he's probably like that. That's a, that's a, you can put him on the table. So I start practicing the hello, goodbye casting I learned at camp. Mm-hmm. You're getting some nice drifts. Yeah. It's not a, bad, not a bad distance for you. There you go, you just had a hit. Really? Yeah, set the hook. What do I do? Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I did, I was doing that. <laughs> it's a learning experience for both of us. Me learning to be my dad's student and my dad learning to be his adult daughter's teacher. But it's not long after that, I catch a small brown trout. It's beautiful in the sunlight as I lift it out of the water. My dad is mostly a catch and release kind of guy. He double checks, I really want to kill it. Yes, I tell him, without hesitation. I'm thinking of how delicious it will taste, but also of melancholic joy. So he shows me how to kill it. 
puts his index finger down its throat and pulls its head back until the fragile neck breaks. Then he lays it in my hands. It's silky and lithe and hard to keep a grip on, like something made out of pure energy. I'm sad there's one less fish in this pool, but I'm also super proud of myself. It's almost dark, so we head back. I just caught a fish. You just caught a fish, and pretty darn decent fish for this. Yeah, for, it's for, not so tiny. For Douglas can... Creek. No, it's not so. It's edible fish. Yeah, I can eat it. Do you know something. how to clean it? No, I'm gonna have, you're going to have to teach no, me. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> back at the car, we get to talking. I ask my dad if he's disappointed that I didn't get into fishing before. He says no. Did you try to teach us, or and, and what was... You don't even remember. No. I don't remember either. I, you know, I, I probably I remember, did. I remember I, I'm, going I'm, with you, and so, but, <laughs> and I remember being out there, but being frustrated with sort of the tangled line and the knots. Well, that's the and, thing, you know. Uh, um, everybody comes to it, I guess, in a different way. So catching a fish helps, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I got interested when I was, I was tying flies when I was... 11 or 12 back in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I was in the, the hook and bullet club, you mm-hmm. know. But you weren't, like, hoping that your kids would turn into... the A river runs through it and, the, you know, yeah, the yeah. father-son's yep. thing and all of that. You know, the little bit of competitiveness and, and stuff in the, in the book and in the movie. You know, I didn't have that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I, you know, I expected things from my kids. <laughs> but I, you know, <laughs> but I didn't necessarily expect them to be fly fishing people. I don't, You're not holding a grudge against I, me. I do, but not for that. <laughs> but not for that. <laughs> there's there's plenty of other reasons to hold grudges against you. <laughs> so we part ways with a plan to go fishing again at a river near my house. At home, I follow my dad's instructions and clean my little trout. All its energy is gone, and it's now more limp and slimy. Now, it's food. Here you go, chickens. You want some guts and head and tail? What's this, chickens? Good girls. I pick some lettuce and tomatoes and a cucumber from my garden. Some rosemary, too, and fry that up in the butter with the trout. When it's cooked, I toss the meat with my salad and sit on my patio and eat a truly satisfying meal. Even if I am spitting bones every few bites. You can see photos of the bow camp and of that fish I caught at our website, themodernwest.org. I'm Melody Edwards. Tune in next time when we follow a midwife working in a small town on the Wyoming-Montana border, helping to give pregnant moms better access to prenatal care. I think that's part of my passion, too. It is so victorious for me to help moms. The Rural Midwife, next time on The Modern West. Our theme song is by Screen Door Porch. The Modern West is a production of Wyoming Public Media. One of our goals is to get a dialogue flowing about the stories that we're telling. We're hoping that you'll join the conversation. 
So connect with us on social media and let us know what your thoughts are, whether you agree with what you're hearing or not. We're at Modern West Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That's Modern West Pod.